I think it's always exciting when kind of the stars of the 15s world come out and, and give sevens a go. I mean, if you look back on the people who've tried to cross over since we've added the Olympics, very few of them have really been much for presence. Um, I mean, Sonny Bill and Quake Cooper, mm-hmm. Brian Habana trying to come over before Rio. Dupont is probably the best player in the world right now and obviously has all the skills. So it'd be really exciting to see him come out and, and, and see what happens and we can test ourselves against them. But I think it's always fun for the sevens guys to, to see those 15 stars come out and be and to be slightly surprised by just what it takes. It'll be fun to see, but we're not particularly fearful of anyone. And, and yeah. so it'll be, it'll be more fun to play against those guys who we've all watched in the World Cup and, and watched play around the world. Sounds like Madison has a chip on his shoulder, damn 15s players. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> All right, everybody, it is that time. It is 11.30 East Coast time. I think it be, I believe it is 8.30 our guest time, p.m. Uh, this is U.S. Rugby Happy Hour Live. Uh, this is show number one on the day. In just a few moments, uh, uh, in just a few moments, USA 7's Madison Hughes joins us from Dubai, which, like I said, about 8.30 p.m. his time. Then later today in show number two, Scott Lawrence, uh, USA Rugby Men's 15's interim head coach, joins us as well. Man, I hope they remove the interim from his title soon, because mainly because it's a mouthful when we introduce him. <laughs> so come back later today for that as well. Again, that, that is going to be at 9 p.m. East Coast time tonight, so jump in for that. I'm Bill Baker of Eagles Overseas, and my co-host is Rugby Morning's John Fitzpatrick. Say hello, Fitzy. Hey, Bill. With two shows today, am I getting paid twice as much? Yes. I'll give you, I'll give you ten times as much, actually. <laughs> <laughs> So actually, as we discussed earlier, Fitzy, uh, we don't have a lot of time to, to talk Thanksgiving or, you know, uh, uh, um, you know, the Toronto Arrows news or that Rachel Johnson uh, for Extra Chiefs did not make the PWR Team of the Week, a travesty if you ask me. Um, but our guest today only has a small window before curfew or other commitments or whatever he has going on. So we're going to get right into it, okay? Um, Let's go. To speed things up, I asked Jat, the Jat, Jat, Chat GP2 to write the open for me. And that... Boomer. Yeah, I think it. <laughs> I, I think it needs a little work. So here it is. Madison Hughes is one of the prominent celebrities of the rugby world. He is a very proficient and professional in his game. He uses skills to create obstacles for his opponent players. He was fast and rapid in the ground. He is an American Union rugby player. Boom. I mean, why do I even write this <laughs> stuff? <laughs> so with that said, let's welcome Madison Hughes. Mazin, go ahead and unmute yourself. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Good. What would you think of that intro? Was that something we need to work on? <laughs> I couldn't have put it any better myself. The AI is taking over. It's ready to go. We can all take, take a step back. I think, so. <laughs> well, according to you, you are a professional and proficient in your game, and you create obstacles. So that's good enough for me. <laughs> yeah, but why was, it, why was it in past tense and fast? Is it, I Madison, don't you're know. still fast, right? What's that about? <laughs> uh, well, uh, we can only hope. It's been a couple of years. We'll see how the weekend goes. <laughs> well, ma- Speed test. We'll have to test it out. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm sure my has all kinds of stuff ready for you to go. <laughs> so, Madison, we're, we're, you and I are kind of neighbors. Um, I live uh, on the north shore of uh, Mass, north of Boston. I've read that you spend a lot of time in, like, central Mass family summer. Even your family are Free Jacks ticket holders. What's that about? 
Yeah, that's right. So my mom is from Massachusetts, lived there her whole life until she moved to England when she met my dad. So mm-hmm. that was kind of always our, our family refuge. We would go to every spot, summer, spend a couple of months in Lancaster, Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. um, so right there in central Mass. Uh, and now my parents live in Lancaster, my brother and sister in, in Boston. Um, and so my parents, they're very keen Free Jacks fans. I think they make it to pretty much every home game. So they absolutely love it there. Um, and yeah, I get out to Massachusetts whenever I can. I'll be there kind of after this tour, go out, go out for Christmas um, with my fiance and our, and our dog, and we'll be there for a couple of weeks. Um, so yeah, I love being out there in Massachusetts, but have been in California for a while now. So um, yeah. A little, little warmer, a yeah, little, little warmer on the West coast. <laughs> Just a little bit. I went from winters in winters in London to winters in New Hampshire to winters in San Diego. And we'll see how I fare. When, we'll see how I fare He's when not I coming back. Uh, <laughs> so uh, speaking of back, welcome back to USA sevens. Um, at the time of your sabbatical began, you were the program's leading scorer in tries and conversions and also the team's leading tackler. Is that the reason why you left? <laughs> Physicality? <laughs> <laughs> well, I did need shoulder surgery off to Tokyo. So yeah, yes. <laughs> that all, those tackle, all those tackles might have added up. But no, I mean, I love just having an impact in, in any way I can. So I have a lot of conversions right in front of the post, thanks to some of our, <laughs> some of our faster guys. So uh, they add up over a number of years, I guess. And during this time, I'm, I'm, I know you're friends with Alex Magleby. How many phone calls did you get from TK or the Free Jacks about playing uh, uh, Major League Rugby? <laughs> <laughs> they were pretty good. I had a couple of texts with TK, but now I, 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 Mags has always been a great mentor of mine and, and helped me kind of plan out a lot of what I've done over the years. So I think we had a couple of conversations early on. And he was very supportive of kind of the steps that I was taking and mostly left me to it. And hey, I mean, the Free Jacks did great. So yeah. that needed absolutely nothing for me. There. They were absolutely flying last year. Madison, this is probably going to be the most important question you're going to be <laughs> faced today, but do you miss the long hair? Ooh. <laughs> That's a great question. I mean, it, I, it was sad when I cut it off. When, it, when, when I saw it falling to the ground, there was a moment where I was like, oh, wow, I don't know if I'll ever do this again. But I, having said that, when you're out there on the pitch and it's getting in your eyes and you're getting extra hot and it's getting pulled on and stuff like that, um, it's nice to feel a bit lighter. And as ChatGBT said, I was fast <laughs> with, the hair, with the hair. Who knows what would happen? So I needed to lose that weight. <laughs> <laughs> no, all good. And, and as Bill mentioned, you know, welcome back again from the sabbatical. But, I mean, you kept yourself busy. You, you said you talked about recovering from your shoulder injury. You dove into television commentary. You started playing in the PR7s. You got engaged. What else kept you busy during that time? Yeah, so, I mean, that first year, I think a lot of it was trying to figure myself out. I think I'd been kind of full go with the sevens for a very long time and had kind of got got into a place where I felt like I needed a bit of a change. The shoulder surgery um, was a part of that. And then I actually saw, I went to business school, so I, I have done one year of my MBA uh, and have now taken a step away from that um, back with the sevens team, but we'll plan to go back to that. Uh, after the Olympics. Um, so kind of have dabbled in a few different things. I, I really enjoyed playing PR7s. I think that was, especially last summer, it was a little bit of a test of, okay, do I still want to kind of push myself and try to play at this level? And then this summer, I kind of approached it a little bit more, kind of had really geared up for that. And it was like, okay, cool. I, I know where I'm at physically and, and where I'm at mentally. And that was kind of a bit of a launch pad to, to try and compete and, and get back to the sevens team. Yeah, let's, let's talk a little bit about your return there. Was it always in the plan to come back and rejoin the USA Sevens program? 
I definitely kept that dialogue open. I mean, I think when I left, I intentionally didn't retire and I was kind of taking a step away and a sabbatical and all sorts of different words to who knows what any of them really meant. But <laughs> I kind of kept that dialogue open with Mike and was kind of having a conversation with him kind of every few months the, the whole time um, about trying to come back. Because, I mean, I was 29 when I left and 31 now. So like, I, I felt like I could still compete, but was starting to get a bit older. But I wanted to test kind of what life away from the team and away from rugby a little bit was like. So it was always there that who knows what would happen. Maybe I'd find something and be like, you know what? It's been an amazing time with the Sevens team. It was an amazing journey, but I'm, I'm ready to go on to something else. But as as kind of things went, I had this, I had it in my head that, you know what? I, I feel like I've got some unfinished business. I feel like I can still compete at that level. And, and I'd miss being around the team and, and miss competing at that level. So I kind of decided to, to take a step back into the fray. Yeah. And, and as you were thinking through all that, when did it really click for you when you were like, you know what, that's it, I got to get back out there? Was it an easy decision? Or was it kind of like a gradual, like, this is a part of my life that I need again? Yeah, I mean, I think over the course of last season, I had a couple of the, I commentated in LA and Vancouver. And when I'm watching at home, and especially in the middle of the night, I, it can be a little bit of like, you know what, those guys are doing great. But when I was there at the events, I think it really did. It, it gave me a little bit of that bug, you know, I want to be back out there, I want to be playing. Um, and then, yeah, once the team kind of booked qualification for the Olympics, that was the full send. I'm definitely going for it. Um, and, and so the team did great. The qualifier was, I was absolutely nervous. I, I'd hate, I'm not a good watcher. Um, and so I was, I was struggling watching, but the, the guys did so, so well, absolutely dominated that qualifier. And, and once they fully wrapped that up, it was kind of full send. I'm going back. But even before that, I was, I was really struggling with emotions as I was kind of preparing for PR sevens and stuff like that of like, I can't imagine that I won't go back and, and really struggling mentally with the thought that I wouldn't. Um, and so making that decision felt really good. And, and I felt in a really good place mentally since I uh, kind of have rejoined the team. So it had nothing to do with the rumors that you did not want Perry Baker to catch up to you in points scored. <laughs> <laughs> no i mean put records made to be broken i think i i benefited more than anyone else from some so many of perry's tries and <laughs> if he is able to ever do that on just tries alone i mean i know he's got like one or two conversions but pretty much purely in tries, that would, that would be amazing so yeah we'll see what happens and and i couldn't be any more sportive of the guys but now as the tackling record i saw like jonathan logel i think it was from france overtook me in serious uh. tackles and kind of that Bastard. Uh, so, so let's talk about the program a bit. You, you've had a chance to step away. Um, but other than the names and the jerseys, you know, what have you seen has changed since you left? Yeah, I mean, I think it, the team's in a really interesting and in quite a good place right now. I think there's been a, a little bit of a change in the guard. We had that kind of group who were really consistently performing for a number of years together. And some of them are still there, but some of them have now stepped away. And that's created a little bit of a void and a gap that other people have stepped up into. And I think that was a part of the impetus. Like, I had my own personal reasons for mm -hmm. leaving the team. Mm -hmm. But I think that there was also some on the team side as well that I was hoping that kind of in myself stepping away at the same time as kind of Danny and, and Marty and, and some others. That might create a little bit of space for some of the younger guys to really emerge and, and find their voice. And I think that's happened uh, in many ways. I mean, Kayvon Williams, obviously, as the captain, has really stepped up. I think really kind of were within themselves a little bit over a number of years. And I think those guys have kind of started to emerge in, into themselves. And that's been great to see. And so it's been a lot mm -hmm. of fun being on this tour. I mean, so we're without kind of four of those senior guys. So Joe... 
uh, Kayvon, Steve, and Perry aren't here. And so right. that's been, it's even more of a mix. Um, so we've got myself and Ben Pinkelman coming back, but we've got a lot of young guys who are kind of excited, taking everything in for the first time. And, and that's been really fun. I think it's created fun vibes and uh, excited to see how these two weeks go. And then when we reintegrate those, those four senior guys, I think that, that balance will be a, a really fun one to be a part of. And has uh, Mike Friday discussed his ex- expectations of you this weekend, Dubai? You know, example, playing time. Uh, not really. I mean, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit up in the air and, and we're still figuring it out. I mean, I think he's just, and something we've kind of focused on throughout this is allowing me to be myself. I think when I was kind of captain the team in the role I was in before, a lot of my focus was on the whole of the team and every single person and how that all fit together. And so I think for now it's been his, his kind of message has been, I want you to focus on yourself and what you can bring to the table. And obviously there is a leadership component to that and there is a team dynamics component to that. But um, for me, it's kind of focusing on what I can bring to the table and kind of just trying to find my feet again. And, and so we'll see how that goes. And I think it's, it's one of those things, once you're out on the pitch, for me at least, everything kind of everything drops away and, and I can really become myself. And I, and I really enjoy that. And I'm looking forward to that this weekend and we'll see how everything goes. Imagine you mentioned some of the veteran players uh, on the squad. A couple I want to talk about, in particular, Ben Pinkelman. I mean, his return from a, gosh, a pretty debilitating back injury is is pretty inspiring stuff. I'm curious, did you um, did you chat with him as he stepped away from rugby, and then as he was, I mean, plotting his return essentially? Yeah, I mean, we chatted a few times. I, I mean, I think I, I felt so so bad for Pinky. I mean, it was kind of something he was dealing with that whole year in the run up to the Olympics. And it was kind of constantly a battle of like, what can I do at certain times? And having then felt like he got into a pretty good place, having to pull out of that Olympic squad after selection, I think was absolutely devastating for him. And I think showed real maturity that he was able to kind of make that decision and, and take it on himself and, and know where his limitations were. And I think that was something that was really impressive. Um, and I think at that stage, I mean, he was just in yeah a mental place where I think he really needed a break and needed to step away. And having talk, spoken to him, I mean, he got really into coaching. And I think, yeah, he's he's even younger than me. So he's a couple of years younger than me. But I think it was in a place where, you know what, like, I'm enjoying this, but I, I still feel that itch and that desire. And over a certain period of time, I think he kind of realized, oh, you know what, I can do this. And if I'm conscious of what I'm able to do at different times, then I think this is something that I can give it a real go at. And I mean, I couldn't have been more excited to watch him during that qualifier of the summer. And it was amazing. The the presence and, and what he added to that team was was amazing to see. And it was awesome to see him back out there and pushing. And it's been great to be back out on the pitch with him. I think for, for either of us who knew what would happen um, kind of when we left. And so it's been incredible. I think I've had so many teammates over the years, but he's right up there with anyone uh, I'd love to get out there on the field with. And so mm-hmm. it's been awesome. And I'm so excited to take the pitch with him again this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, it's funny. We, we've, we've, we've chatted with Ben Pinkelman on here and also Steven Thomasine and obviously playing at the elite level in sevens, it's very much a physically demanding game. You know, I don't think the average fan truly understand how much goes into the body, but, and this may just be an obvious statement here, but you know, the sevens and the Olympics and, you know, world rugby sevens, a lot of it must be just a, a mental 
grind, right? To have to stay in shape and perform and potentially miss, you know, some other life events. I guess, you know, I'm trying to get to a question here, but, you know, how much of it is is a mental game just to try and stay at that top level for so long? I mean, I think it really is. And I mean, you see on the seven circuit all the time, guys who come in, perform incredibly for one or two tournaments, and then you almost never hear from again. So being able to do that consistently over a number of years is a, is a massive challenge. And the guys who've been able to do that, I think it's a testament to that mental strength they bring. Um, and I mean, I think it's also, you watch certain guys and I mean, I'll kind of pick out Martin Yusefo here. I think he was one guy who for a number of years, he'd have games, he'd have moments where he was perhaps the best player in the world, but doing that consistently every single game was I think something he struggled with. And then kind of in that 2018, 2019 second of time period, he was a guy who took a real step forward in that area for me. And, was just every single game, every single moment performing and being in the right place, doing the right thing every time. And seeing him take that stride, I think, was was one of the biggest reasons we were able to have that, have that season we did. So it, it is a mental challenge. I mean, even here, like, we're so excited to be here. We're in Dubai. We're having, a, we're having a great time. We're getting ready for the weekend. But we've undergone a 12-hour time change, which we have to get used to in kind of one or two days yeah. and then go out there and get in one or two training sessions a day and try and perform at the level that you want to when it's, like, 2 a.m. back home so it, it is a challenge and it is something but at the end of the day I mean it's also something that we love to do and we're excited to do so once you get out there that's that's a great part of it but back there on the training field you want to go through six months of really hard training and it's not like a lot of sports where you're playing kind of every weekend we'll have like months where we don't play and then you get one tournament and you got another month off and then you play again and kind of that constant battle of training is, is something you struggle I think everyone struggles with but um yeah, is, is a great thing when you get it right. Yeah. Well, one more player I want to talk about. He's he's someone that uh, you came up with at about the same time, Stephen Thomasine. You know, he's had his, you know, his, his ups and downs, dealing with injuries. I think that's just part of the game, right? Just, you know, mentally and physically dealing with injuries. But talk about his importance to the team and how you've seen him grow since you left and, and have returned. Uh, yeah, I mean, Stevie's uh, he's a special one for me because we played together on a college, collegiate All-American team and then soon after on the Eagles. And he was actually, he his first big injury was the one that I then made my debut for. So that was pretty devastating to watch, but it was obviously a big moment for me. And so then he had just a, kind of a few years there between sort of 2014 and 2016, 2017, where it just felt like every single time he was getting back to performing at the level we all knew he was capable of, he would get knocked back and have to start all over again. And the fact that he was able to kind of just constantly deal with those tough moments and get back to being a player who was nominated for a World Player of the Year award in 2019, I think is testament to that mental strength. Um, and it's been awesome to watch kind of his evolution, not just as a player, because I think he's always had that talent and ability and and we've all known that, but his evolution as a as a person, as a leader within the team has been great to see. And I think it's something that he's probably, he'll, he'll probably tell you he's still working on. I think all the team look to, to provide energy, to provide inspiration, to provide an example. Uh, and he's a guy that you know that he's going to be giving his absolute all every single second out there on the pitch. And if you need something special in the last minute of a sixth game of a weekend in, in 100 degree weather, he's going to be there grinding and giving everything. And, and that's a guy you want to you go to battle with. Madison, uh, we haven't heard from Carlin Isles in a while, and this may not be your place uh, to comment, but anything you can share on how he's doing and what he's up to? 
Um, so yeah, I, I don't have too many specifics. I, I do know he was became the, the principal of a school not too long ago. Um, oh. So I, I think he's yeah. Right now he's enjoying life with with his family and 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 has taken a step away from rugby. And who knows? I mean, I think we we all love watching Colin fly down the field. So who knows what happens? <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll leave it to him to to kind of speak on that. So you didn't when you were coming back, you didn't make phone calls like Danny, Falau, Carlin. Hey, we're getting the band back together. Come on. <laughs> uh, I mean, I had some conversations with different guys, but I, I think everyone's kind of in their own individual place and individual moment. And what might make sense for me doesn't necessarily make sense for others. I mean, I think it is a challenge that probably the U.S. has in a way that some of the other countries don't is that, I mean, our country is so big, like if, if say Danny wants to be in Washington with, with his family, then it's hard for yeah. him to be in San Diego training with a team. And if, if everything was kind of focused around one city, like some of these countries are, then you might see guys able to kind of do it for longer and, and put aside different, different aspects. But I mean, it's hard being away from your family. Like my fiance has been up in the Bay area for a number of years and, Every year I was down in San Diego, I, I wasn't up there with her. And, and, and that was a challenge and something I, I struggled with. Um, but I think it's, yeah, for all these different guys, there, there are different sacrifices mm-hmm. you have to make. And, and for everyone, it's kind of a different, a different decision and different decision points you're weighing. So let's jump into Paris Olympics. Uh, this could be your third Olympic Games. Uh, had to have been a huge factor in your returning. You know, what would it mean for you to get back there? Um, yeah, what would it mean for you? Uh, I mean, it would mean, uh, yeah, I love a lot. I, th- I think that it, w- it was a big factor in kind of my decision. I think I've had two, I've had two cracks at it and have been pretty, yeah, big disappointments in many ways for, for kind of different reasons. And I mean, in particular, that quarterfinal in, in Tokyo with me, we really had ourselves in a really strong position and let that one slide. And so I think I definitely feel like I've got unfinished business there. And I mean, really that kind of whole year, into to the year and a half of COVID into Tokyo was mm. a challenging environment. I mean, obviously, it was awful for the whole world for for lots of different reasons. But I think it was it was something that as a team we didn't we didn't get quite right that that environment, and that's something I'll look back on and regret. And so having this kind of another opportunity to go out there and and hopefully really be a valuable presence. And yeah, I'd be lying to you if I if I said I didn't want to be on that Tokyo roster. But it, mm. it would mean almost as much to to have these next 12 months to be a, a great presence within the team and put the team in a great place. Um, and, and so hopefully I can do that and, and really add something and take this team to a level where going into those Tokyo Olympics, the team's team's firing and ready to take the next step that we weren't able to the previous two times. Well, with that said, Madison, um, obviously you feel you're ready. Obviously you're there for a reason to Dubai. Um, you're not there to take up bench space. Um, what's it going to take for you to get back into that uh, uh, that level of play that could qualify you for an Olympic Games? Uh, I mean, I think it's going to start with some game time. I, I've played, obviously, a couple of PR7s events, but haven't played much rugby in the last couple of years. And so I think there's only so much you can get from training. And, and I'm hoping that kind of the training that I've had over the last couple of months and the, and the work that I've been putting in has prepared me that I can go out there and and be a, be a presence and, and, and kind of get back to what I was doing before. But I know it's been, it's, it's crazy. It's been three and a half years since I played in the world series now and wow. Wow. two years since the Olympics. So the, it's been, it's been a while since I've played at, at this international level and I'm excited to go out there and, and test myself and, and hopefully I'm able to, 
to show that I've still got it and can still perform at that level and and help the team and and really drive us forward because uh, yeah I'm not here to kind of just just to be here I'm not here to check any boxes I'm here because I want to add to what the team can do and I want to help take what the team was really building over last season and and help us bring it to a new level. Well, it sounds like you're doing step one. You're hydrating. <laughs> <Which definitely. laughs> Always. I swear it's hotter here than I remember it being. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's a sweaty environment. You've got to make sure you're drinking. Um, but, yeah, I'm drinking some water. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you've seen the news, right? Antoine DuPont, Michael Hooper, just to name a few of the, the big name 15 stars that are linking up for their shot at golden sevens uh in paris are you um you know you've played with obviously big name players on the seven circuit but are you excited to share the stage with some of those other new names i mean i am i think it's always exciting when kind of the stars of the 15s world come out and and give sevens a go i mean it's interesting you look back on kind of the history of sevens um and like back on those traditional hong kongs where like jonah lomu and i think christian cullen were playing and some of that and that was always a really cool part of sevens and as sevens has become kind of more full-time and professional. I think it's just become a harder and harder transition for those guys to make. And I mean, if you look back on the people who've tried to cross over since since we've had the Olympics, very few of them have really been much of a presence. Um, I mean, Sonny Bill and Quake Cooper mm-hmm. and Brian Habana trying to come over before Rio. Um, and I think Sonny Bill was the only one who really wasn't like that. Just didn't really stand out that much on Evans' pitch. So from the city, obviously... DuPont is probably the best player in the world right now and obviously has all the skills. So it'd be really exciting to see him come out and, and, and see what happens and we can test ourselves against them. But I think it's always fun for the sevens guys to, to see those 15 stars come out and, be, and to be slightly surprised uh, by just what it takes. So it'll be fun to see. But I think, yeah, we're, we're, we're not particularly fearful of anyone. And, and yeah. so it'll be, it'll be more fun to play against those guys who we've all watched in the World Cup and, and watch play around the world. Um, but yeah, it'll be it'll be fun, and I'm excited to see those guys come out and see what happens. Sounds like Madison has a chip on his shoulders. Damn, 15s players. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Madison, I know we only got a couple of minutes left with you, so a couple of light questions here. So, you know, you mentioned you're uh, you're you're in business school, taking a little break here. So I got to ask you, from a marketing and branding perspective, here Sevens is has kind of rebranded. And they've taken both the vowels, the E out of seven. So it's now S-V-N-S. <laughs> Put your marketing cap on for a second. Does that make sense to you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm tempted to no comment again now. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, we've been kind of uh, uh, pseudo-mocking the Svens, um, <laughs> Svens Duxburg in Dubai here. But no, I mean, I think the sevens has been interesting over the years because it has undergone undergone a number of kind of evolutions with playing in different different places and and having different tournaments in different in different spots and i think it's been an interesting challenge to figure out how to market sevens and how to build that audience and for me i always love the kind of having the local model of having of driving the engagement and driving the excitement in local markets and building a world a world series around that rather than trying to do it kind of in a centralized manner and, and dictate to all these markets all around the world that have kind of very different audiences and, and, and very different demographics of people they're trying to attract. Um, but I, I can only be really excited about what they're trying to build. And, and I'm really hopeful that kind of this latest evolution of the sevens, um, the seven series is one that really captures the attention um, of, of the audience. But yeah, no, for me, I mean, I always loved when you had 
kind of a really focused local strategy behind kind of each tournament. And I think that was the one that really bore success um, when it was people who really understand, understood their local markets and understood mm. how to capture that audience and bring them in. Um, so I, to, to the short answer to your question is I'm slightly nervous of kind of this world dictated strategy, which is what it seems to be, but hopeful and, and we'll see what happens. And hopefully it's a fantastic season and, and they really build some good audiences and a good fan base. And lastly, uh, another lighter question for you. Um, we talked about your teammates earlier, new and old. If you could steal some skills or natural abilities, not speed, you obviously have that. Ignore <laughs> chat GPT. Uh, if you could steal any of those things from a current or former teammate, you know, what would it be and what abilities are there as will it take? You know, like I said, Baker's speed, Danny's physicality. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, you said no speed, but if I had the choice, <laughs> taking Colin Isles out and out speed would be, <laughs> be, would be a big step for me. I mean, I think I've, t- I've played with so many teammates. You mentioned Danny's physicality was was amazing and was always awesome to have him on your side. Falau's ability to pass oh, yeah. the ball, to kick the ball with both feet, to read the game was amazing. I mean, Marco Unafe and, and Marty Yosefo's sidestep and offloading <laughs> game for Marty. I mean, like some of those guys are just it's absolutely incredible and, and being on their team. And I'd, I'd sometimes be following along and just being like, how did he do that? And, <laughs> I mean, Perry, especially that, that 20 kind of 17 to 2019 sort of that two year run he had where it felt like every time you gave him the ball, he was just doing something absolutely incredible. So, I mean, I've got, yeah, all of those guys and many more, I would take a lot of the Stevie Thomas and his just engine and his ability to just have that, pure like his 100% of his speed he seems to be able to produce that no matter how tired he is and and, and that's something that is really awesome uh pinky's ability in the breakdown um yeah i mean so every single one of these guys just does something at such an elite level uh and that's i think part of what made some of those teams so special and and it'll be awesome to see um kind of some of these new young guys coming through and, and showing that they belong to be talked about um, with any of those older guys. Yes. All right. I'm back. Yeah. yeah. yeah you're here. <laughs> uh, Madison, man, thank you so much for coming on the show today. You know, good luck this weekend. Goodbye. Looking forward to chatting again soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me. That was fun. All right. Cheers, man. Uh, drink up. <laughs> Have a good one. <laughs> all right. Uh, all hey, thank you all for listening to uh, today's show with Madison Hughes. You know, uh, um, Fitzy and I have a long day ahead of us. We have the rest of the afternoon to prepare for our next show. Tonight with USA Men's 15s head coach Scott Lawrence. I'm sorry, interim head coach Scott Lawrence. Uh, 9 p.m. East, Eastern time. God, I can't speak all of a sudden. I'm not even drinking yet, Fitzy. Uh, <laughs> so we'll talk to him about uh, this past year in men's USA Men's rugby, his future, and more. Uh, again, will we see the interim tag removed soon? We'll definitely ask him about that. Not that he's going to tell us straight up about that, but that will be on the question list. Uh, if you join us live then uh come on up here and ask a question as well uh, i apologize for not inviting anyone this 30 minutes with madison we just didn't have a lot of time so we just ran with it ourselves but we will have time with scott later come on in ask a question live here on twitter spaces app on your mobile device or you can listen in live on youtube or facebook um, live streaming at the same time so hope to see you again tonight at 9 p.m east coast time thanks again everybody have a great rest of the day